not mean division in community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, and I'm here with my co-host, our lead pastor and team member of here at Hill City, John Wagler. Yes. John Wagler, <laughs> you're here. I did Indeed. A, I did a slightly awkward. That's what happens when I try to just like say it straight is it's even more awkward than when it's I'm true. joking around. Um, we're here. We are in the room with the one and only Annabelle. She's our creative director. If you hear keyboard clicks, it's because she is working hard to make things look, sound, feel, and be better here at Hill City. Um so we are coming in off of two weeks talking about heck. Yes. Um, the fiery place down below. And we've kind of gotten a few requests to continue talking about similar stuff. Down below, maybe. Down below, maybe. Maybe all over. Maybe. I this, thought if we maybe just dug down below, hell. we got to China. That <laughs> no, that's we also. We bypass hell and get to China. Or is it also not one true. and the same? <laughs> well, we do know that there's something hot at the core of the earth. But other than that, um, hell is what we create. So... Uh, we've gotten a couple of requests to continue this conversation and talk about, probably because of my expert church lady um, impersonation of talking about Thighton. Um You guys want to hear about uh, Satan and his minions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and boy, John doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I know. It's just dangerous ground. It truly is. Um, it's funny. I Speaking of it being dangerous ground, I was doing some research on... Um, the concept of demonology, which is not really hardcore biblical. It's more of like a Christian traditional thing, mm-hmm. um, like the study of demons. And like the, you can get into some really weird stuff, like how many there are and what their names are. And like this was very much a product of like around the 1500s um, people being, or, you know, scholars being bored and just uh, stud- overstudying maybe. A little bit. <laughs> right. Like, well, I'm stuck in this monastery all day. I got to study something. Um, but it was funny. There was this um, this quote by a guy named Al- Albertus Magnus, um, who was a sort of theologian and leader, you know, back in the medieval times. Um, and he said, "It is." Uh, he said of the idea of demonology, "It is taught by the demons. It teaches about the demons, and it leads to the demons." <laughs> so it's like. You should be a little weary of like uh, getting into this too much because it's kind of like, you know, there's something to be said for focus on what is good and pure and and all that. But you all ask, so we're going to do at least one episode um, and just kind of like talk through the basics. Um, but before we do that, we are going to do our new segment for 2021. 2021's almost over. I'm not going to be able to say this That's is true. a new segment. I feel like it's so fast this I year. I know. Good Lord. Um, but we're going to do the new segment for 2021 where we talk about what's going on in our social media feeds from... <laughs> all right. So it was election week, so we know... <laughs> Virginia, I know there's no way around. Yeah, there's no way that around part it. of the feed. Virginia's in everybody's feed. I found out. I know it's one of those things where I have a I have this deep feeling because I grew up in Florida. When you're in Florida, you think, well, yeah, the news is about Florida because you're in Florida, right. and then you leave Florida and you realize the news everywhere is about Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Virginia this week. We uh, we had a party switch in the gubernatorial first time in a really really long time. Yeah, yeah. So switched over to uh, the GOP candidate. Um, what's his first name? Youngkin Glenn. is his last name. Glenn Youngkin. Yeah. Um, from uh, who won over Terry McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. What is your feed saying? Well, it's just, I think it's interesting to, um, you know, we're involved in it locally. Yeah. You know, so like some of the, you know, counties that are mentioned in the national discussion are just like, this is like where we live, live, you know? And so, um, I was just fascinated by people's perspective on what actually happened in the race. Mm, Interesting. Um, so just from, I'll just use like both sides of the equation. Like I, like I saw some like Trump supporters being like, Mm. you know, Trump like shows again, like how, you know, his base rallied everything Mm. and got, but that's just like blatantly not true. Mm. Like that's like a national narrative, but locally it's not true. It's like, like young can actually distance himself from Trump. He refused to do any of the rallies. He refused to kind of get involved with them. And, and privately, my understanding is, is like, he's not a Trump guy at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but yet the national narrative is like, see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And then on the flip side, what was interesting was, uh, everything was centered around CRT, mm-hmm. you know, and that was part of the discussion that mm-hmm. was, you know, within the gubernatorial race, but mm-hmm. it actually wasn't the whole thing, you know? And so, when people were talking about, yeah, he was just, he won because of anti-CRT, so it's just all about race. Mm-hmm. It's actually not true, yeah. like in terms of like what actually happened here locally mm-hmm. and what was being expressed by him and or both of them right. and what was going on educationally. There was like so much more into the education discussion. And um, even like on the downside, I was, I had kind of laughed. I was just thinking about you when I heard McAuliffe talking the other day when he said, um, you know, we really wanted to go after like having like better schools for our kids. And so we had some brilliant thinkers and people like LeVar Stoney. And I was just like, man, you, have you looked at what's happened in the city of Richmond schools? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or the so the city in Richmond in general. I know. So I'm like, so anyway, yeah. just the narratives when it's played out nationally, I'm like, man, this is how everything is so screwed up. Yeah. Because like these, what's being painted is just actually not at all what happened. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I've noticed this turning a little bit, or actually turning a lot um, in my feed, both on the national level and certainly right now on the local level of like, you know, my feed tends to be a little more left-leaning, and the narrative has turned from like the Republicans won or like the bad guys won Mm -hmm. to more like, um, well, the Democrats just failed. (laughs) <laughs> like it's like you know it's yeah. I've I've seen like a lot of my feed is should have run Jen McClellan, <laughs> you know, right. and like before that it was should have run Bernie. Yeah. It was like it's funny. It's like the it seems it, it really drives home for me the idea that um, like the perceived left, at least from my perspective of my you know feed and people I know that it that it's not a cohesive thing. Yeah, <laughs> just like they, or the right, even for that matter. You know, like yeah. I, I've, you know, would just I obviously won't name names, but like, you know, some folks that I know that like, you know, voted Republican, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying which way I voted, but like voted Republican mm-hmm. with Youngkin. It's like when talking to them, and I'm like, I just asking like, why are you going to? Because they'd voted Democrat previously, mm-hmm. and um, they were just like, they like talked about like some school stuff mm-hmm. that was going on and some um uh some stuff that's like kind of some legislation that's been put on the docket yeah that's like s- really wars against our christian faith mm-hmm. and like our perspective and everything it could be actually really bad for christianity and um they were just like so we just feel like we needed some balance for this turn mm-hmm. so even just like i don't know it's just interesting yeah. you know it it made me hit pause even for a second just being like 
all right, I got to be really careful yeah. when I'm reading something nationally that's like honing in on someone else's municipality. For sure. Because, man, after seeing what transpired, uh, when people are talking about Virginia, I'm like, it's just so wrong. It's just not actually what was going on here. Yeah. It's just so weird for me that the narrative on the left has changed from like, um, has changed from like, ah, gl- you know, Yunkin won to like, I can't believe we ran McCullough. <laughs> like it's more of a like that. I've just seen that more and more. And it was the same. I think in some ways it was, it was the same thing with Hillary. Um, but it was also the same thing with Biden. Like I don't hear again in my feed, sure. like, yeah, yeah. you know, our church is, is pretty diverse and we follow each other on. So, you know, everybody yeah. follows each other on social media. So um, I have a fairly diverse feed, but like I, I don't hear, I hear more trash talk on Biden from my left-leaning friends than I do. My right-leaning friends are just like more quiet yeah. <laughs> about it. Like, are just they don't really need to beat up on the other candidate because the sort of people who are supposed to be on their side, I guess, right, the just stupid doing binary, anyway. are, do, are doing it a plenty of good job. Um, it's so so fascinating. I but I think like the thing about McAuliffe saying like you know geniuses like Lavar Stoney, it's just. To me, it's just indicative of the fact that, like, the democracy turns into a republic and then the republic eventually turns into an oligarchy. And, like, when you're in an oligarchy, the ruling class doesn't really know what's going on on the ground. Like, it's truly removed. And I think that's the thing is, like, he probably – that was probably, like – he probably said that honestly, but the dude just doesn't know what's actually going on on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I think that's – the further the class thing becomes – the main thing, the further it gets to where we're at now, where it's just like, I don't care what color tie you wear. And I kind of don't even really care what your policies are. You have no clue what my life is like. I know. Just one time I'd like to hear someone get up there and just talk to talk in a nuanced way. Yeah. Cause, cause like that would show me they're paying attention. I mean, the only way that's ever going to happen and I will ring this bell to the day I die or until the day it happens. Cause it might in our lifetime rank choice voting. Rank could, choice yeah, voting is very... the only way that we can start well, getting Republicans more did that for governor. Yeah. You know, to, in their primary. Yeah. There's a couple of states that have implemented yeah, that. Yeah. Vermont um, has it. Like, they're, yeah, because, like, you have to. Like, you, you yeah. have to engage. Like, even, like, the conversation, you know, we obviously did a podcast on CRT, but, like, some of the, like, texts I received from people be like, man, the CRT stuff, we got to get it out of schools. Yeah. And I'm like, can, first of all, you've never studied it. Second yeah. of all, like, there's a way larger conversation to be had around this. And, and I'm like, just once I'd love to see like a leader, quote unquote, um, that it's a politician, just really have like an intelligent conversation and be like, hey, guys, as your leader, as mm-hmm. someone running for governor, as whatever, yes, yeah. the mayor of, of Richmond, can we actually just talk about this for a second? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you can't because in the binary voting system, know, you, you have to yeah. say that you have to say the least complicated thing to reach the most amount of people. Yeah. I can't believe we're not talking about the real win, though. No casino. I know. That's Sorry, true. showing our cards. No I pun know. intended. Uh, no casino in Richmond. Um, shout, yeah. <laughs> shouts to Alan Chipman. Yeah. <laughs> for for bang, he did a lot hit, hitting the pavement and and, other, and others. Others, yeah. yeah, lots of others. Um, Alan's just our friend. So, um, yeah. I mean, we it, might have convinced somebody. I mean, we might have. We, we might did. Have, yeah, that was who's to know. That we we pride ourselves on not telling people what to think, but on that casino episode, we kind of nudged you. We were like, listen. <laughs> Casino, not so much. Um, so yeah, that was also the big news. Um, my feed is, you know, 
uh, completely polluted with everyone texting and DMing me the stupid story about Marilyn Manson showing up to the Kanye West prayer meeting or whatever. It's not real. (laughs) Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't care about that in the same way that like, I don't care what, uh, what Super Mario is doing right now. (laughs) It's not, this is not real life. Like, I don't. We can have a larger conversation about it. It would probably be its own podcast. But I'm just like, as somebody who grew up in Florida, I don't know Marilyn Mance. I've never met him. But like, he's not that many degrees removed from me because of my age and where I grew up and the kind of music that I'm into. So if Brian had showed up. (laughs) That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. uh, The Brian that like dated my high school girlfriend's you know, cousin, which I know sounds ridiculous, but like <laughs> um, that, that puts me three degrees separated, uh, which makes me closer to Marilyn Manson than most of us. If Brian had showed up, I would have heard a conversation. Yeah. I would have like given any credence to what was going on. But when Marilyn Manson shows up in a white hijab with his contacts in and his white makeup on, I'm like, this is dumb. Like what? Don't even make this news. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is a parody of itself. Like this is reality caving in on itself under the weight of celebrity illusion. Yeah. Like, I'm over it. I'm sorry. Well, and this is the problem when, you know, in the, cause you, you know, people can argue, well, it's not like Christians making that a big deal. It's, you it know, it's a hundred percent Yahoo, Christian. you know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, no, here's what happens. Like when you celebritize, is that a word? Celebritize. Yeah. I'll accept. We'll just we'll accept it. Um when you celebritize Christianity the Christian faith, which is what happens so often with um just like general church life. Yeah. Like you know, we see this all the time. Yeah. You know, that's why preachers and sneakers became a thing. That's right. why like all that stuff. I'm like when you when you go down that road and that's what you prop up, mm-hmm. it's like that's why this stuff, other stuff happens. Yeah. It's like it should be a non-story that Kanye West and Justin Bieber and Brian uh got together. Um but it blew up into something, and I'm just like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I hate that this is attached to our faith. And I know people are like, well, what if he's having a real? I'm like, well, if it's real, then it'll still be real in someone's living room or someone's, you know what go I mean? Like, into I your, just, go yeah. into your room and draw the curtain and there pray in private. I know. I just, <laughs> like, it's frustrating because of how much it ties into um, the, the way celebrity like culture is just infiltrated. Well, and I think the thing everything. is, is like, again, I'm not going to go on and on, but like they're not going to stop. We have to stop. Yeah. Like they're going to keep cooking. We have to quit eating it. Like that's the thing, because at the end of the day, these are not bad people. Even even Brian, like they're not they're made in the image and likeness of God in the same way we are. But the language they speak is the language of celebrity. It's yeah. the language of of personal brand especially because these guys have been in it for a while these are not new yeah these are not they're not new to this like kanye's been doing this for a long time Marilyn manson's been doing this for a long time so let's say it's all genuine in their hearts like all of the because it's what they know it's what they know like if you're if you're friend who only speaks mandarin gets saved he doesn't suddenly speak english and in the same way like celebrities who maybe you know, have an encounter with Christ, they don't suddenly not speak celebrity. Right. It's contingent on us to stop feeding the beast. Yeah. Because they're not going to, they're not going to stop. It's not because they're bad people necessarily. It's just because that's what they know. That's their job. Right. And that's where like, you have to step in, like the people that are around these people have to step in and like, be like, you got to stop this yeah. stuff. Hey, like, I just looked this up quick because when we were talking, it reminded me of, and this isn't even the point of the podcast, but first Corinthians three says this. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, 
but as people who are still worldly. So Paul is like talking to a grouping of Christians, like you're still worldly. You're just mere infants. Okay. Yeah. And he says it this way. He goes, I gave you milk, not solid food for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready and you are still worldly. And watch what he says. Why? For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not worldly. Um, are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? So he is saying, like, you've created this celebrity culture, mm. and within that celebrity culture, you've established this division and this quarreling and this jealousy and all this stuff, and you've propped up people that is a worldly, infant infant thinking, you know, or whatever you want to, yeah. like, phrase it, uh, way of going about all of this. And so I just wish someone would talk to them about it that's around them. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> got, you know, in the Old Testament, God's people begged for a king, and I think God's people still beg for a king I know. in a lot of ways. And it really obviously bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> and also, last thing I'll say, I like the narrative that Marilyn Manson got canceled, rightfully so, and to not to the surprise of 90s Christian moms, right? Um, he got canceled, and it's like, oh, well, he's just trying to, like, take advantage of or, – or let's take a more positive view. He got canceled, and now he's, like, looking for redemption, right? And, like, doesn't he deserve the same grace that we all get the same? Yeah, but it's with accountability. Yeah. And it's in private. Yeah. Or, or like at least in a small, it's not a big public display. Like that's how you know it's not right. Like that's, that's biblical. Like when you pray in, in the square, the way that the Gentiles do with many words, like God knows that you're saying Lord, Lord, but it's not, Yeah, <laughs> it's not the thing. Um, and I just don't understand why people, people are just so anxious to win like we're gonna win at celebrity christians are gonna win at celebrity we're gonna win at music we're gonna win we're gonna win souls we're gonna win maryland look at the glory of like this our greatest enemy in the you know in the 90s or whatever now turning to us it's like that is frustrating convenient narrative that you should question seriously side note to it's actually tied into Marilyn Manson. Did, was he the song that had beautiful people? Yeah. Beautiful people. Yeah. Like, right? Boy, it's a heavy, it's a heavy gig. I know. Well, <laughs> when uh, we did baseball initiation, yeah. um, we would uh, had like the freshmen would sit in one area of the apartment yeah. and then all the upper class would sit in the other. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a little bit like loud, loud music playing yeah. and they would chant your name from the other side. Uh-huh. So you, like the freshman have to come in and yeah. like, all this other stuff that would happen. But I just remember the beautiful people. One was like <laughs> one time, I, I don't remember what year it was, but yeah. I just remember we we're chanting someone's name and then everyone just like, the beautiful people. <laughs> I mean, it was like yeah. a intense like and weird. all the freshmen were like freaking out. It's a very heavy riff. Um, all right, cool. Well, now we're going to get into the meat of it. That was a little bit long, but we're going to be a little bit and short. And kind of ties in as well. I mean, weirdly ties <laughs> in. Um, and let's go ahead and take a short break and then get into... Um, Satan and demons and all that stuff. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Okay, and we are back, ready to talk about the darker side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think maybe we should start with because the, the thing you always want to ask is like, well, what does the Bible say? Like, sure. Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, we won't like go over every single scripture, but there, you know, it is. A biblical truth that like there is this concept of Satan or the mm-hmm. accuser um, or the devil um, and that also there is both in the Old and New Testament um, the idea of demons so that yeah. are that are in service to 
um, you know, sort of Satan as a leader. Um, so we got Legion and the pigs, right? We've got um, Jesus calls out Beelzebub specifically, which mm-hmm. Beelzebub is, we'll get into this maybe in a minute, but Beelzebub was actually like a Philistine god that kind of got canonized in Abrahamic religion as a, one of the demons, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then we've got like the Satan of Job. So if Job is the oldest book, then like Satan pops up in the in the first written book. And then we've got the snake in the garden, which yeah. is canonic or, you know, canonically the first book of the Bible. So yeah. he seems to be an important character because he's there from the start. Yeah. I mean, he's there at the end. Yeah. He's, and he's there know, at the end. And so you can't get away from it in scripture that there are some realities here that um, are tying in uh, Satan or the devil. Um, there's other names for him too, like Lucifer mm-hmm. and Isaiah. He's referred to there. Um, Lucifer, Lucifer, I think, which means angel of light, right? Yeah. Or, or son of light yeah. or something. And so um, uh, in in that passage, it's actually Isaiah 14. It talks about how he's a morning star mm. that fell from heaven mm. and it's associated with music. Mm. And so there's this, um, that's where historically there's been this big tie in between the impact of music and how it can lead you to one path or the other. Mm. And that um, that's why the, like the devil and music has always been yeah. like a big thing yeah and so when there was the big burning of the cds or yeah. like i don't know if you remember oh, yeah. um, back masking or mm-hmm. you know playing things backwards yep. um there's just always been this element to music and the devil and lucifer now did that does that passage actually refer to the devil that's up for like debate um but it is interesting that he's referred to as a morning star and then jesus is also um, referred to as a morning star later on in revelation mm. and then um and there's another passage too where um what is it uh it's in peter um where uh, it talks about how the devil is like like a lion seeking to devour and um but then jesus is also talked about as a lion of judah yeah. And so there's some like there're common language used for both of them but Jesus is always kind of like elevated to this like huge level yeah. that dwarfs the reality of the title for Satan. Mm. And so there's like some interesting things there. Yeah. But so, yeah, you can't ignore the, you cannot ignore the reality that devil, Satan, demons, beings like are just in scripture. Yeah. So what is your sort of personal history with this? I know it probably maps very closely to your personal history with heck, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what is your kind of, what were you brought up to believe about the devil and demons and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I I was raised in an environment to talk about the realities of the spiritual realm and um, that you cannot ignore them. And, uh, you know, we see them even in art, you know, and stuff throughout time. And, uh, and a lot of times, you know, you and I talked about this yesterday. I think it was C.S. Lewis who talked about chronological snobbery. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because like when you read scripture and we'll get into some of this stuff, but they're very adamant about the realities of other gods, spiritual beings, mm-hmm. and some of the relationship to humanity and everything. And, um, we've seen this play out over time mm-hmm. where like, you can't ignore the spiritual realm of things. Yeah. And um, and so I just grew up in an atmosphere where like that was very upfront, that there was um, not that there we're in this epic fight mm-hmm. because, you know, we know that Jesus wins and all that stuff, but we that there are the realities of the devil, the flesh, and the world is how the Bible describes it. Um, actually, John Mark Comer's book, Live No Lies, mm-hmm. is wonderful to talk about all that stuff. Um, highly recommend that read around it, but, um, it, it, there's just some realities in scripture of like, that's what's happened. There are these forces that are out there 
Yeah. And you can't deny those forces yeah. and the realities of those forces. And to to think everything is part of the force is what Lewis talks about. To think everything is part of the force is like you might go too far. We're like, oh my gosh, like I was late today because a demon yeah. was in the traffic. Yeah. You know. But but to totally ignore it is foolish. Yeah. You know. And I think that's one of the things that as believers who talk about this stuff, we have to be careful about because yeah, if you're convinced there's a boogeyman under every rock, guess yeah. what? There will be a boogeyman under every rock. Yeah. When you're talking about the the sort of landscape of the mind or the spirit or the soul, like anything that's non non tangible, anything that like math can't necessarily like apply to. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful because it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. A great example is the backmasking thing. Right. The first um, record that was accused of backmasking of like, if you play it backwards, it says this, it didn't, it was, people were hearing something that wasn't there, <laughs> yeah. but once the accusation was out there, they, put stuff in they there. started doing yeah. it because they're like, Oh, well these Christians or whoever, these moms, these make like uptight moms were yeah. going to, yeah. But then that's also like, if somebody says they, whatever, worship Satan or, or, you know, whatever, like the very, the very theatrical sort of heavy metal version of that. Mm-hmm. If they say it just to get under your skin, it doesn't make it any less powerful. Like that, you can yeah. joke yourself into a bad situation. Like you can, yeah. Like oh, you know, I've known so many people who are like, I don't really believe in Satan, but I just like it. It stirs up the squares. So like, yeah. those people not generally super happy people. Those are people <laughs> that generally like, yeah. If you if you study um or or like you know, read any books on like the stuff that happened in Norway in the nineties where the kids like burned a bunch of churches and ended up killing each other and, and killing themselves. And it was like the whole black metal scene or whatever. Like those guys were, you could look back on it and say, well, they were just depressed and had mental health issues. It's like, yeah, but why do you think they were depressed and had mental health issues? It's like, a, <laughs> it's a snake eating its own tail. I know. Um, it's like, cause to your point, you're opening yourself up to things. Yeah. Even in the, that's always been, you know, you know how we're, I, again, how I grew up too was like very protective against anything like even visually, yeah. you know, around it. And I know we, we have a little different opinions on this, yeah. but, um, you know, and Lacey, I always use an example because like her, she just never did any of that stuff. And mm. like, she's never struggled with like yeah. any things you just mentioned yeah. or like even nightmares and things like that. Like it's never been a part of her story. Yeah. Um, because that side of like opening yourself up to kind of the dark elements mm-hmm. has never been a thing, yeah. you know? And so um, I know that when you've talked about it before, there are some elements that you're able to draw out spiritual realities of things that have been helpful. Um, I would put you in the minority, mm-hmm. you know, of people because you're, you're approaching it, but even you, you're not even full blown, like because you, you talk about something. Yeah, you're just like, man, I have, yeah, I have a ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I have a relatively low ceiling compared to some of yeah, my friends. But yeah. my point is, is like you know, even when we've talked about you know, and like this, like Poltergeist, right? You know, we're like, there were demonic things happening on that movie set. Yeah, like very much so. Yeah, and and so like my my perspective is like, why would any Christian like open themselves up to that stuff? Yeah. you know, like even like watching that or being a part of it, knowing that behind it is actually a very demonic element. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think a question I always have about this stuff is again, it's that balance of how much. You know, because in the Bible it says, right, like, so if God is with me, who is against me? Mm-hmm. And I'm always, uh, I, I have a an ongoing curiosity about, like, how much of this, how much, we'll say demonic influence, mm-hmm. 
is just like straight up from the bowels of hell and waiting to be unleashed. Sure. And how much of it is always waiting, it is really like a return volley. So as hard as we as Christians like hit the racquetball, it's really just the wall. Like, you know, like if you, because in the Bible, when Jesus does exorcisms, actually when the apostles do exorcisms, it's like, it ain't like the exorcist. <laughs> we talked about this before. Yeah. It's he, it's almost not flippant, but it's like, hey, like it's so low physical energy because it's just like you're who are you trying to kid right now we also might be reading it that way though maybe do you know what i mean like it's possible like 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 for instance like you have the sons of skiva like in that story in acts where the dude gets the clothes beaten off of him Mm -hmm. from the demons yeah do you know what i mean because so there's some there's something bigger there that true when they encounter him they cast out but there's got to be we might be missing in terms of how we're reading the story. Mm-hmm. You know, even when Paul talks about, um, like, so for me, I'm like, I don't understand why people fight to watch dark things. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, why yeah. why are you arguing to watch dark things or like kind of like open yourself up to it? Because like even like when Paul talks about like depression, anxiety and contentment and all mm-hmm. those things that are kind of associated with a lot of that stuff is like, I mean, he, he says um, to focus on whatever is pure, mm-hmm. whatever is noble, right? And, why aren't we fighting for that part? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think there's just some, Yeah, I see the value and, and I agree with you. Like you, some people are uh, able to do certain things that other people aren't yeah. um, in the spiritual realm. And so like, for instance, you can like engage things that I cannot. Yeah. Right. And so I appreciate that, but you're, you, appre- you are approaching those things for like a different kind of like interaction. Yeah. Um, and so, but you also are aware that like something can easily go too far too quickly. Right. And I would, and that, and I put you again in the minority there. Cause yeah. most people, when they talk about some of this stuff, they're just kind of like, Ooh, I like this part. And I like, and I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, ultimately not, you know, not great for, I mean, just in the same way that like junk food is not good for your body. Like yeah, some totally. of that stuff is just not good for your mental health. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it isn't, but you know, back to the more specifics of, you know, how Satan demons and like, how does this stuff work in the Bible? How do we see it work in real life? Um, I think that, you know, it's interesting. Again, it's interesting because for me, my sort of, um, view of Satan has, I don't know if it's evolved, but it's definitely changed over time. I think I definitely started with the more, what we probably all start with scary, big, sure. you know, red and horned and, and like pentagrams and upside down crosses and heavy metal and horror movies and all that stuff. And that stuff all plays a role into mm-hmm. it. Um, but one of the things for me in my life that I had to start to realize was like, th- there's the old saying, like, give the devil his due and not a penny more. Right. Like I was for me, I was like giving it too much credence. Sure. Some people don't give it enough, but I was giving it too much credence. And so I had to like sort of rethink, like, how do I how do I think about this um, in a way that puts the impetus on Christ the Conqueror? Right. On on God. You know, if God is with me, who who is against me? Like, what Mm -hmm. really is this opposing force? And so reading Job, reading the Old Testament, like even the snake, like the snake is, I joked earlier, but like the the first thing Satan does in the Bible is gaslight a woman. (laughs) He slithers (laughs) in and he goes, well, surely God didn't mean, you know, and she doubted and then relented and sin came into the world, right? Yeah. Um, So he's like a sort of, not scary and big at all. He's not, he's not the Satan of the exorcist. He's not the, 
the Satan of of you know whatever. He's not Sauron uh, from Lord of the Rings. Like he, uh, at least in in these stories, he's like. Yeah. And in Job, he's like a prosecuting attorney. He's kind of like, well, people have to have a choice, and like, so I'm going to give them the choice to not follow you because yeah. they need to, you know they need to be able to choose you. So I I have to be like the other. Or I want to be like you brought up the the story in Kings where a spirit first Kings mm-hmm. where a spirit you know God basically says to the sort of host of spirits which is a whole other thing we could get into <laughs> you know who's going to tempt this man or who's going to like convince this man to do this bad thing and a spirit steps forward and is like I'll be the other side of the coin yeah so it's almost like a I don't want to say necessary but like it's almost just like how reality works rather than I think what I was and you were probably raised with of like maybe over focusing on the prowling lion thing not that that's not an aspect of it yeah but like does that make sense it does i think i think to me what you're for how i take that part in is like all right there are some like realities to demonic activity mm-hmm. however when we operate out of fear rather than the victory of christ those demonic elements can like overcome you yeah you know and you can focus too much on that because the reality is is to your point the devil actually typically works as an accuser meaning right. and that's actually what the name means right. um uh it works as an accuser which is this idea of like he's gonna work through lies and words so mm-hmm. like even when um you know you, you look at like stuff like the crusades yeah all right Th- that ended up being like a demonic thing that happened but it started originally like that stuff started because you could justify war mm-hmm. in the midst of it on the front end. Mm-hmm. But they believe these lies about some things that ended up kind of demonic activity. Right. Yeah. Like in result, a living hell for yeah. people. Right. So I think you can see this part even individually for people. They go down this road. They just believe lies uh, about themselves mm-hmm. that are not true because they're kind of going. into. so, yes, that I think that's the way that that. Satan typically works or devil works or demonic kind of that spiritual realm works. I would also say though, that we also can't ignore um, like Daniel 10. I think it is um, Daniel 10, where it talks about um, this, that weird story where the angel Michael Mm -hmm. was like, I would have been here earlier, but I was fighting the Prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. And so um, you might think like, that's a bizarre (laughs) thing, but it's in the Bible. And so you got to wrestle with some of this stuff that's like, so there's something, there's like also like a cosmic element to this stuff Mm -hmm. and that there is a seriousness to what we open ourselves up to. And so, um, yeah, I just think there's, there's, there are realities that you cannot ignore. Yeah. And I think understanding, so there's a difference between being obsessed with and understanding. You want to understand your enemy, right? Like you, um, on some level, the more, um, the more knowledge you have of your opponent, the more likely you are to sort of win the the fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so understanding that, like, if the devil deals in things like lies, shame, accusations, guilt, and fear, and you try to use those things back against him, he is going to grab the gun from you and turn it on, turn it on you. <laughs> like if you if you're responding to him dealing in fear with more fear, you're you're fueling the fire. Um, so again, like living your life in a way, and I know a lot of people who do, um, living your life in a way where like literally everything is either demonic influence or, you know, God finding you a parking space. Yeah. (laughs) You are like 
you're giving him, you, you think that you're being aware and alert and sober minded and all that stuff. But if you're living in like fear or shame or guilt, yeah. um, he is, you're just, you're playing his game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think in a lot of ways, I think, um, what, yeah, even in, in scripture, we, we actually see, um, I think it does a, a both and right. in what you're describing yeah. like, and it does it very well because it does describe the realities of evil, mm-hmm. um, the spirit realm, um, the destruction, the demonic element. You know, it, it gives some like pretty intense stories of like demonic influence, mm-hmm. you know, that are like, whoa, that's kind of crazy, you know, yeah. and some of those realities. And then the flip side, it gives like the victorious element like Romans eight, you yeah. know, like that's where that's coming from. Um, but then also it does give practical ones like, you know, Ephesians six eleven, the put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. Right. Second Corinthians uh, two talks about, uh, we cannot we can actually understand mm-hmm. what the devil is doing and not be outwitted or outsmarted mm-hmm. by the devil. So there, there are practical things that we can do that um, actually are like that both and element that you're talking about. That's a great segue into something I wanted to make sure we cover is that whenever we're dealing with anything in the spiritual realm, I think particularly of the negative spiritual realm, we have to take, I think we have to take a standpoint of this is true on several levels. Yes. So there was a lot of work done in the middle of the century by a guy named Carl Jung, who was kind of like the, uh, not the opponent, but like he was sort of the, the, uh, yin to uh freud's yang like he was not a i don't know that he was a christian or whatever but carl jung was like a really influential psychologist who allowed for things like spirituality and believed in god mm. and like verse you know the sort of freudian like oh well it's all just sex and drive Freud and sucks. yeah he was awful um <laughs> i don't know that jung was a great guy either, but, uh, <laughs> but he did a lot of work around like basically trying to figure out the science of spirituality um and so one of the debates often becomes um like, well, this, you know, this person was, um, I don't know, saying these insane things and using a voice that wasn't theirs and their eyes were rolling back into their head and all this stuff. And then the priest came and did an exorcism. And now they're better. Mm-hmm. So exorcism works and the Bible's true. Well, no, you know, they were in a somnambulous state, which led to a deep subconscious like unveiling of these Jungian archetypes. Blah, 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 blah. And then this person said things that like spoke to their deep subconscious like right. belief. And, and so that's why they're better. And my thing is always like, okay, like, what are we arguing <laughs> sure. about? <laughs> like, it, what you're, the explanation, that, the psychological explanation that you just gave uh, and the outcome being the same um, and the religious, you know, or spiritual, like, explanation that they just gave and the, the, the um, outcome being the same, like, well, okay. Yeah. Like, who cares? They, yeah. The dude came in and cast out this person's demon. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. like, what does it matter if yeah. they were, you know? Uh, and that's something that I think is recurring, like, um, in this conversation is it works on several levels. When, when Jesus talks about unclean spirits, there's a level of that that is as supernatural as it sounds. But then there's a level of it that is like more reasonable of just like an unclean spirit can be deeply embedded shame that leads to depression. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If you cure your depression but never deal with your shame, it's like an unclean spirit that leaves the house and uh, wanders the arid places, you know, the scripture, and then comes back and finds the house well swept, goes and gets seven more, and you get worse, right? Like, just because there's a way that we can explain this in counseling doesn't make it any less true. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it also doesn't negate the fact that there's probably, like, a spooky element to it. Yeah. Or, like, a more supernatural element to it. Yeah. 
I also kind of don't like that word supernatural anymore. I think like <laughs> when we talk about this stuff and it's quote unquote supernatural, it, literally it just means it's not it's not that it's not natural. It's the most natural. Like this is actually how the universe works. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're looking at something that's beyond like our right. natural capabilities of understanding. But they're they're I Yeah. Anyway. It might be super physical, but it's like yeah. it is perfectly natural. Like this is how souls and and the spiritual realm and like we're designed to work. It's not outside of the yeah the design. I think which is how we use supernatural a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I just I did want to bring up that there's weird things in the Bible. <laughs> you love to talk about I do Nephilim. <laughs> I know. Well, so I I think when someone asked the question about like the realities of you know, the demonic or Satan or whatever we see in scripture. I do think it's important for people to like actually look at what the Bible says, you know, and, and to understand that there are some things there that are just interesting. Some things that I don't know how to fully comprehend, Mm. you know, but, um, you know, I joked around about how people get weirded out about the divine counsel (laughs) of the gods. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you might not realize that's in scripture, but it's in Job one, where it talks about um, when you know when where there's this discussion happening, you know of like, hey, can can I go tempt Job or not? But it's part of this kind of council of spiritual beings that that God is the head of, and uh, it's it's talked about in First Kings twenty two, Psalm eighty two, uh, even like in Genesis one. A lot of times people talk about when God says, "Let us create," mm-hmm. that He's just only referring to the Trinity. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of scholarship around the the realities that's like it's like that's not actually talking about the trinity there mm-hmm. that it's really more about the spiritual council that he's talking to hmm. and um and so uh now my opinion doesn't matter there but there's yeah. just like uh there are some realities of like kind of how scholarship like is is looking at hebrew scripture and yeah. how it was right as ancient writings and and what it actually meant You've got the fallen angel thing that we talked about in Isaiah 14, but also like Jesus references that in Luke 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some things in the Genesis 6 story, which I think is just funny, um, about the the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like... Who are... Are they angel-human hybrids? What are Nephilim? Yeah, mean? well, they are they were spiritual beings right. that slept with humans. That's right. That created giants. So yeah. Goliath was the last of the Nephilim. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And so sort of makes sense. Sort of makes sense. So it's interesting. So think about this. Um, y'all, we're going like this is like we're just talking here. <laughs> so um so when David cuts off the head of Goliath. Okay. All right. So there this so there's this huge tie-in to Eden mm-hmm. being like God's home. Mm-hmm. All right. So like that's where the idea of like the temple, like God's temple was like Eden mm-hmm. in that the that we were supposed to be in relation and connection with God. And that all gets broken by sin. And that's when like the whole idea of the serpent comes in with a temptation and that it says in that passage that like, I'm going to stomp out, you know, the head. What's interesting is like in the story of David and Goliath, there's that, you know, cosmic rebellion that happens. Well, let me say this cosmic rebellion happens in the creation story first. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's a human rebellion and the temptation of the flesh. Right. And then what ends up happening after that is uh, if you kind of go a little bit further, the flood story mm-hmm. in the world, like the world just becomes so corrupt. But it started with cosmic rebellion, came into human rebellion, and the world becomes so corrupt. Mm. Like that's what we begin to see. Well, that is like a consistent rhythm throughout scripture yeah. all the way to the end. Well, it's interesting. Like one little thing that's interesting about the David and Goliath story is 
if Goliath is tied into the Genesis six story, hmm. which is like leads into the flood. Um, and uh, he's like on the last Nephilim mm-hmm. when David cuts his head off. Um, it is supposed to represent like the stomping out oh, of the evil. stomping on the ass so head or, right, or like crushed under yeah. his heel. Yeah. And so like carrying David's head or carrying Goliath's head and he carried it around with him. Yeah. Um, was very metal. Yeah. Anyway, it's just like a cool That's story. That's so cool. But, yeah. yeah. But anyway, this, so there's this like when you when you see in scripture, there's just all this stuff about the the divine counsel, the, some of the realities of how um, temptation and everything work, and there are just like spiritual beings and things yeah. that happen that you got to deal with. Yeah, and I mean, it's also keep you know this isn't to discount that, but it's also worth keeping in mind remembering that like this is before like this stuff is written before the the sort of like academic disciplines, like it was before the first axial age when there was like Plato and Socrates and like sure. academia became a thing. Right. So there isn't much like daylight between poetry and archeology. span Like these are just people with their creative Figuring brains things writing things down. There, there's no journalism. Like nobody's sitting there being like, now remember, yeah. uh, you can't say this like, or, you know, you can't, you can't put it this way. Cause people will read it that way. Like they're the, the scribes are just, writing things down as best they can. And there's just, there's no way that they're, um, that's not to say that this is like, Oh, it's not literal. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. But to keep in mind that like we are able to delineate between, okay, this is poetry. This is journalism. This is fiction. This is nonfiction. Da, 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 da. Like they didn't have that. They were just doing the best they could to write down. And by the way, writing things down was <laughs> super hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like to write down like the stories that they were telling one another and to write down like what God was telling them. Yeah. Um, so there's, again, there's a, there's different levels. There's a literal level. There's a, there's a, uh, interpretive level. There's a poetic level. There's a spiritual level. And those things were very much more blended when these books were being written. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's not to say that there's not a divine council. Maybe we'll get to heaven and God will be like, oh, no, all those other gods exist. I'm just the king of all of them. <laughs> like, well, Thor's, they, Thor's real. It's just not that big <laughs> yeah. a deal, right? Well, you, we do have to also remember, though, with that, and, and I would, again, c- always caution us chronological snobbery. Yeah. Um, because, you know, just because we know more now about certain things doesn't mean we're actually more intelligent. Uh, yeah, we you didn't invent I mean? the wheel. I <laughs> joked know, with you about just, that yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's just like, so... It's, they might be more right than we are right, right now when, you know, and we also have to understand that even in the context of the New Testament, that was part of Roman thought and Aristotle and stuff like that, that you do end up, there was some like enlightened type of thinking yeah. then, you know, but those writers still reference a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and they're tying. So they have not removed themselves, you know, from that within the context of scripture. And, um, and so there's just some parts that we got, we do also have to say connected to, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of this, um, that I just think you just gotta, again, just wrestle with yeah. and understand that it can be part of the reality. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. We went, we were already going way over, but I thought it was interesting when I was, t- cause the first thing I went to, which is normal for me is like, well, what did Jesus say? Or like, mm-hmm. how did this, what was the interaction with Jesus? Cause if you have like a you know, you have a cruciform sort of theology, then you look through every, look at everything through the lens of the cross. And, you know, the only two, so definitely Satan, the devil, right? He, that's, there's an interaction there in the desert. He names Beelzebub mm-hmm. um, and then Legion. Legion. So those are the only three um, things. And from those three references stemmed an entire, like, not science, like theology, uh, 
part of theology called demonology, which is, meh, you know, kind of junk science a little bit. But um, sure. it's interesting. I never I started to research the name Beelzebub and it was a. Um, it was a Philistine god um, that was worshipped in like Ekron, uh, the Ekron region, like way, way long ago, and was like incorporated into the Abrahamic religions as a major demon. And then there's this whole thing about like there's seven princes of hell, and a lot of that is more like man-made. Mm-hmm. It's not biblical necessarily. Um, it's more man-made sort of thought. But what I learned was, and it makes a lot of sense for how we got to where we're at of like the red guy with the horns and the goat legs and the pentagrams and like all of this stuff is it was actually a pretty simple equation like the the israelites would look around and say like what are people doing that's against god's law like whether it's child sacrifice or or not resting on sunday sure. or whatever like who's breaking god's law because they didn't they didn't have that super they didn't have the kind of pluralism that we have where it's like well this is our thing and that's your thing they they were like well god told us this is what people should do who's not doing that so they'd look around and see, like, who are the most egregious, like, violators of God's law? Well, who do they worship? Okay, well, this one, Baal, and this one, Beelzebub, and this one, uh, what's the money one? Mammon. Um, Mammon, and Pan, and da 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 Okay, cool. Well, like, we're not going to tell you your gods aren't real, but we actually think they're demons, and mm-hmm. they serve Satan. So it's like, that's how the whole, if you ever hear, like, Malekith is one of them, there's, like, all of these, like, names for demons and, like, all this stuff. It's mostly fiction, but it all stems from this idea, which is actually a super helpful idea of just like things that are against God are demonic. And so like if you, you know, like, does that make sense? Like, it, Yeah, I know. I think that that is where a lot of those like the mind frame came from trying to figure some of this stuff out. Yeah. You know, and they put words to it, yeah. you know, and they also you know, we also can't forget that scripture was written in the context of the time that it was written in. And so it was also essentially like using um, other cosmic language that was, you know, from other, like whether it was Egyptian, Babylonian, Assyrian kind of writings and speaking into those things too and often leveraging like you guys think this, but let me tell you something about this. Um, And so even like when you think about like the the word God is the word Elohim in in Hebrew Mm -hmm. and throughout scripture there there is the God, that we talk about eventually takes on the name Yahweh, yeah. um, but there's all these other uh, Elohims, mm-hmm. and that there's all these other kind of small g gods mm-hmm. that are just consistent in Scripture. Like even in Deuteronomy 32, it talks about there are these gods that might be over regions. Mm, interesting. Other world. So th- there are just some things that are just in this conversation that um, are hard to deal with and yeah. figure out, and and we might come to the end of it and be like oh man they were they were just describing something mm-hmm. but there is also a possibility as the inspired of god that it's like bringing some realities into for us to be like this is like serious stuff yeah that you can't just ignore yeah and i'm um, just like ah that's just like a little temptation i have right. you know or like even when we talk about idolatry how the bible talks about idolatry is is not the, the actual object they used objects to worship mm-hmm. but that object was always associated to a lowercase g god yeah and um and so even right now it's like oh sure like we joke about the money Mm -hmm. but it's like i don't know we should joke about greed and like money like because it's associated with another kind of god that actually is demonic do you know what i mean yeah i mean you could literally like if we were using the brains and the language of the people who wrote these who wrote the bible we could look at i don't know i'm trying to think of something that you and i are roundly we could look at predatory lending 
and just be like, you know, predatory lending is only done by the people who worship blah. So blah is a demon. <laughs> like predatory lending is its own demon. Like this stuff all comes from things we do, like decisions we make. And I think that's one of the things is to think that you're just going to be like living your life, uh, seeking Christ. Um, loving your neighbor and caring for the poor and the widow and one day a demon is going to sweep in and like take over your body or something like that's not how it works <laughs> right, right. Um, or in the same way of like I know a big fear is for our children right like what are they watching what are they listening to are they going to be okay are they you know we're trying to raise them in the faith or whatever like the likely this is something I had to get over because probably I watch too many scary movies. <laughs> the likelihood that like I'm going to be taking my kids to kids ministry every Sunday and talking to them about Jesus and praying with them every night and all of this stuff. And then they're going to like, I don't know, go to a sleepover where there's a Ouija board or something and like just fully be legion. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sure. It's not <laughs> like it's not. It's not how it yeah, works. it's not how it works. Um, but. If there's a Ouija board. I'm not a Ouija board dude. No, I'm just saying like if there was like there's an opening up. Sure. That happened. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. Um, so I think the th- big thing we want people to, because we've already gone way over what we plan to do. <laughs> um, I think for me, the big takeaway, and I think you would agree for people, is definitely don't get wrapped up in this stuff. It's only as useful as it's useful to bring you closer to Jesus. Like when I you know, whatever, watch a documentary about Norwegian black metal in the, in the nineties. It's because sometimes I want to see, you know, I wonder like, well, what is it like to reject the Holy spirit? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's miserable. These people are miserable. Like, you know, I'm interested in the sort of nuance of what it looks like to try to make art without God it never really turns out <laughs> like, you sure. know, and it's yeah. good for, for me anyway. Like I like being reminded of that. It's a, I've said to people, and I think I've said it on the podcast before. It's like, you can, you can fully, fully take in and appreciate and get the whole range of emotions and all of the knowledge that you need um, by seeing a developed picture. Some people want to look at the negatives too. Like, I just want to look at the negative role real quick. But I ain't, I'm not hanging negatives in my house. Right? right. And you shouldn't either. Like, if, as you touch on this stuff, do just that, like a lily pad. Hop onto it and then get off it before it sinks. <laughs> because yeah. it's like, if it's helpful, if those lily pads lead you to Christ, cool. But don't hang out on, on one of these yes. de- demonology, Satan, whatever, lily pads for too long because it's going to sink and you're going to drown. No, I agree. I mean, that's what I would end with. I, I think... It, it is good to know the realities and take them seriously of what it can lead to. Um, but ultimately, if our objective is to sow the things of the spirit, as mm-hmm. it says in Galatians 6, mm-hmm. um, then we will have the spirit of God produced in us and the other pieces we know, but that's just not part of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's important. Totally. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on this journey of evil the last three weeks (laughs) Um, as we, uh, yeah, just really want to honor you all as the listeners and try to answer the questions that you're asking um, or at least approach the questions. We don't want to just hand you answers. Um, If you uh, liked what you heard, make sure to rate and review us, share the episode so other people can get in on the conversation. If you have questions, quips, quotes, comments, or concerns, you can email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. And until next time, remember as always to stay curious. curious.